This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. On New York's news and talk station, 77 WABC. You see, Anthony, I'm taking you back to your roots, the West Indian Day Parade, Labor Day, down Eastern Parkway. Shabaranks. As uh, Anthony would be running side to side, he'd have uh, Bayesian flags, Trinity flags, Jamaican flags. You couldn't dance enough in the West oh, Indian man. Day Parade. I loved it. I loved it. I, I made a I made a spectacle out of myself, but yeah, I loved it. No, but it was great. It was great because typical politicians are all buried with a crowd. You can't even see who they are. But this, but this song by Shabba Ranks was one of the first kind of breakthrough songs that started to get got to get played on commercial radio. Yeah, as, it, a, as a dance hall song. And it should be the theme whenever there's a murder investigation because. It sort of lightens up a really serious topic, right? And boy, are we knee-deep in it. You would think after yesterday, the greatest police department, greatest investigators, greatest elected officials in the world were all based in Suffolk County. They were getting uh, praise here galore on talk TV. Every Oh, the greatest of all time. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. are you kidding are you kidding? These killings would take a... First off, understand this, uh, Anthony. Long Island is the home of serial killers. Per capita, per person, there have been more serial killings in Nassau and Suffolk than anywhere in the country. Doesn't it? It just seems that way because we're here in the neighborhood. Is that really a thing? No. No. Remember the case of Joel Rifkin. Right. Joel Rifkin, uh, he uh, was an East Meadow landscaper. They pull him over to the side of cops. He's speeding. They they say out of it, out of your uh, your truck. What's that smell in the back? They pull the tarp over. It was one dead woman who had been there for days. Then they track him. He had killed seventeen yep. prostitutes. This one I remember. Then just uh, a few miles from him, Robert Schulman was the uh, Mary Post uh, uh, guy. Remember they used to have Joey Harrington's father was like they were in Rockville Center. I forget his name. He was the Merry Mailman. He was on television. He was a great performer. Well, this guy was the Merry Mailman, Robert Schulman. And as a postal worker, he got busted for killing five prostitutes. Then there was a carpenter who had killed more than two, but they had two on him. They didn't even want to pursue it any longer. And then this lingering case in Gilgo Beach. Ten years old. Ten years old, where as many as 18 people were found out there. 
So all of a sudden, they bust, I'll call him Ken uh, Rex the Architect. Rex the Architect, <laughs> who looks like a serial killer when you look at him. kind of does. Right, yeah. is much, but everybody there, right? Master people Park, oh, nice guy, you know, in the script. Other people saying, no, he's crazy, right? You, you always get that. By the way, but was Bernard McGurk, of blessed memory, was he Master Pequa Park? Was that uh, no, he was? he was Long Beach. Long Beach, right. Long okay. Beach. But Master Pequa Park, Brian Kilmeade. That's right. That's what I'm thinking Park, of. That's what I'm thinking of. Seinfeld, they, you know, the ball. Once they all claim yeah, yeah, their yeah. roots. Maspico, Maspico Park. So they arrest this guy at his architectural firm Thursday night, which is right here on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Yep. He was doing business with everybody, Catholic Charities, American Airlines, Department of Buildings, New York. Wasn't considered the best, but wasn't a schlub either. Nobody said he was ripping us off, not doing the job. So they take him into custody, and they charge him with three of the murders of the prostitutes that were buried near, well, actually laid out in this tarpaulin in Gilgo Beach, possibly a fourth. And then they're dancing the horror and the tarantella. They got a big banner. You know, everybody's taking uh, the accolades, the pat on the back. They have to go for a chiropractic adjustment. And it says, the big banner over them, no one is above the law. And I said to myself, wait a second. Hold on. I saw Steve Ballone there, who's been the county executive for 12 years. He's now no longer going to be county executive. He's moving on. He used to be the town supervisor in Babylon. That was right over there. And he becomes Suffolk County uh, uh, executive. Uh, during under his watch, right, you had the police commissioner of Suffolk County, Burke, go to jail, involved in this case. Spoda, the DA, go to jail, involved in covering up in this case. And now all of a sudden they bring in Rodney Harrison, who had worked at number two in the police department here, and they have a brand-new DA. So they went back and they started to track these details. But those details were always well, there. I, that, that's the question they I wanted to ask. They were always there. So when you read, I'm with you. The first couple of days of coverage were all about how amazing this oh, was. The best. They should have investigated the cocaine in the White yeah, House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but then when you look at it, they apparently had hair, consistent hair from three of the victims. Yes. For 10 years. 10 years. And I started thinking, well... Cell phone technology, maybe they didn't have that 10 years ago. They totally did. They had cell phone technology, ping technology that you can track people 10 years ago. So then it, the only basic thing that they did was gather DNA. They haven't made it clear how they knew to target him yet. But it does seem like a lot of the foundational information didn't – it's not like they got a tip over the tip line last no, week. No. They've had a lot of this. But what's your theory that these other agencies of government were just distracted by being corrupt? And no. they didn't? Well, look, the FBI offered to come in. They did a profile. You know, one thing they do is they do pretty damn good profiles of who it is that may have done this. They nailed this guy, Rex the Architect. They said it would be a middle-aged guy, white-collar guy in business who lived relatively near. He was 20 minutes away. Yeah. So they nailed this guy. Even though that's a million people right there you just described. I'm right, not saying that But the that point is they could have worked with the FBI. You know what they said to the FBI? Ballone and Burke at the time and spoke. We don't need your help. Then the pressure was on them, so they had to show that they were trying to do something. So they brought the dogs out. You know, we thought they were the cadaver dogs, the dogs that can find the bones, the bodies. Right, right. Turned out they were the drug-sniffing dogs. <laughs> it was all a show. And then you start to scratch the surface, and they release this haunting 911 call from one of the victims. I played it last night. We have a more extended one today. Ten years after, and you're listening to this 911 call, and you're saying, Oh, my God, this woman was begging. She was in a home of a John right there with the driver 
They knew who she was, and nothing was ever done. You know what they said? Well, she accidentally died. She ran into the nearby marsh and drowned, like as if she had autism. You know how autistic kids are attracted to water. And right then I said to myself, you know, this something isn't right about this. And then one of the key figures in all of this, who was a very dear friend of James Burke and Spoda and Balom, is Jimmy Bissett. Two days after this woman, right, supposedly killed herself running into the marsh and then was found wrapped up in the uh, tarp that came from his nursery, Jimmy Bissett shoots himself in the head and commits suicide. And it's like it went all under the rug. No, we don't want any investigation. I'll give you another case. As we're praising the Suffolk County DA and the the police department, uh, before... Sid Rosenberg had his 30th anniversary at Ohika Castle with his lovely wife, Danielle. The moment that Ohika Castle was mentioned here, what did everybody say about it, including the Mama Luke Frank Morano? What did he say about it? That isn't that the place that you got married to whom? <laughs> That's true. But also it's run by that guy, Emilius, who, who, who escaped a bullet to the face somehow. In an execution, 2014. So the guy who owns Ohika Castle, big macha. Everybody knows him out there, Peter King, Al D'Amato. They yeah. go over there, they play cards. It's a gorgeous place, you know. You got yeah. married uh-huh. there, Bill and Hillary. I think it was Bill who uh, officiated it. Officiated. Uh-huh. It received international headlines. Gorgeous place. What year were you married, Anthony? 2010. 2010. Four years later, Milius is in his car, right? He's leaving the Ohika Castle. A guy gets out of a Cherokee Jeep with a fedora on, right out of the Godfather. No mask. Walks up to him. Right through the glass, shoots him three times. One of them goes under his eye. Thank God Gary survived. He's still alive. They have the video, the Suffolk County Police Department. They have video from all different directions. They still haven't made an arrest. So with the, I just let's, let's get to the conclusion here. Are you concluding that they are incompetent or they somehow would cover up? Why would they cover up the crimes? That makes no sense. So oh, you just think they're incompetent. Well, if they're involved. Like, for instance, Burke, who is the police commissioner. Wait, involved in the murders of people that well, got... Well, let me, got, let me extrapolate this. Because, they've uh, look, Netflix did a whole show on it. There have been documentaries on it. Frank uh, actually did some good programs overnight to the other side of midnight uh, with Frank uh, uh, McKay. Uh, who knows about this? Because he right. was based out there. And then all of a sudden, uh, Frank is on the... The five o'clock roundtable discussion declaring that they're the best police department, best investigators. Say, Frank, wake up. How many shows have you done in which you pointed out not only the incompetence, but the potential corruption? So here is the police commissioner himself, Burke, right? Big Maka. Also, by the way, vice president of the conservative party out in Suffolk County, which is a real power. Right. I know I spoke at their dinner. It was Walsh there at the time, the president. It was Burke. They couldn't be nicer to me, even though you know I'm not a conservative. So I got to know these guys a little bit. So this one guy is found with stolen merchandise in his home. And it happens there's a burlap bag that he had stolen out of the car of Police (laughs) Commissioner Burke. And in there, there's all kinds of sex paraphernalia. There's DVDs, there's whips, there's chains, there's masks, you know, everything involved in S&M. Burke takes it upon himself, even though the guy's been arrested for this. He goes to the police station in Suffolk County. They tie the guy down to the ground, and he single-handedly stomps him, beats the hell out of him. This wasn't just simple theft. What was in that duffel bag 
uh, could have implicated him in some of these murders or these disappearances of these prostitutes. Because remember, all these prostitutes were off of Craigslist. Many of them were coming in from Jersey City, coming in from Delaware. They weren't just local prostitutes that you would find off of Craigslist. They had drivers. And I'm telling you, they would not allow the FBI to come in and do an investigation. So I would say to Ballone, Ballone, yesterday he tells John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby and the panel, he goes, every day I wake up, it's the first thing I think about. Yeah? Well, how come you didn't invite in the FBI? You could have had this solved so many years Wait, before. But, but hold on. All right. So you are saying, are you saying this guy Rex didn't do it? Oh, no. He did it. But are you saying that some of the bodies that they have not tied to him might have been murdered by officials of the Suffolk County government? Well, if I had my way, I would Im- immediately move him out of the Suffolk County jail, which is near Riverhead. I'd move him into a federal facility, although that didn't work out too well for Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> this guy is primed to be Jeffrey Epstein. He knows a lot. He's an architect. He's done work in yeah, Riverhead. But, but, but here's the weakness of all this case, and I need you to – what's the motive? Do you think – what you – a first thing – do you believe that some of the people that they've not attached to Rex, Rex the architect, do you think that they were murdered by a government officials of Suffolk County or police officials of Suffolk County? No, I'm saying that the government officials were well aware of it and they did nothing. Because Meaning, it involved people that were close to them, who were contributors, who were big So they were there. aware of who did it. It wasn't they, but you believe they actively covered it up until... And, well, think and, of it. Think of it. It receives international attention, right? You would think. The FBI... To their credit, said, hey, we got a profile on the guy. We'll come in. We'll help you. You know what Suffolk County told them? No to the FBI. Why would you say no to the FBI? Then when the pressure is really on, what are you doing? You're basically just, you're not even out there in Gilgo Beach. They show up with these dogs. Well, right? that's the thing. That You would think that with all the public attention, they would have been a lot of pressure for them to solve the case, to take the pressure, to, to, to take the pressure off them. I mean, I don't know. That think, sounds... of it, think of it. Remember when flight TWA 800 went down yes. off the Mauritius? Pataki was out there, the model, the feds, the place was swarming. Now, the Mauritius is not that far from Gilgo Beach, all along the South Shore. Here you got 18 bodies, one of them an Asian young man and a two-year-old a child. I was going to say a child, yeah. Okay. Unresolved. Since 2012, 2013, we have DNA. We have all kinds of technology now. Yeah, they it, didn't allow the FBI in until last year. I understand, but and and that's when because everyone changed over, the personnel all changed over, and a cold case got looked at again. And apparently, ever since then is when it really took off. So that supports your argument that there was something going on. But couldn't the thing that went on couldn't have just been incompetence? They were just not. They weren't good cops. They were not only corrupt, but they weren't good cops. There's no money. There's no corruption incentive for them to be covering up murders. Well, and then, and by the way, you also have to have a lot of people buying into that kind of a cover up. Well, you have individual officers. If you happen to have individuals who are participating in whatever decadent and debauchery was going on there, yes, it doesn't mean they killed these young ladies, but they certainly were aware of how they were being procured on Craigslist. By the way, every one of these young ladies that the four that we're talking about right. now are all almost the same prototype. They're short. They're like 5'2". They have either hazel or green eyes. So whoever was, quote, ordering them off of Craigslist was going for a particular type of a young lady. And, again, they're coming in from Jersey City. Well, wait, but, but coming now, in from Delaware. Yeah, but now you're getting back to the ones that the person that was arrested, is. A, they have evidence that he did these cases. Well, we don't know. Let's see what the evidence is. Uh-huh.
Uh, I, I believe that they obviously have substantial evidence. They have DNA from him. Let's see how it plays out in court. But I will tell you this. Uh, everybody was shocked in Massapequa Park. They were shocked in Massapequa. How could this happen? And I said, what are you talking about? You've had more serial murderers out there <laughs> in Nassau and Suffolk since not in the 1980s than even all of California. And look at California, 40 million people, territorially the largest U.S. state. They had the Night Stalker. I was involved with the Guardian Angels on that one, Richard Ramirez. They had the Zodiac Killer. Do you know there were more serial killers out in Long Island? What is that? Nassau, well, here's, Suffolk? Here's the thing. Usually when you have a cold case that gets broken, it's some new technology, one thing, or new piece of information comes over the transom. In this case... No, there's nothing new. It seemed like everything that I've heard described in the newspaper are stuff that's been kicking around. Now, they might have had this DNA sample, and something triggered them going and looking at this guy again. And they are, I have to give you this, they are getting this round of applause and people dislocating their shoulders, patting themselves on the back, over basically getting a DNA sample off a slice of pizza. So, you know what? I say, follow the bees. James Burke, who's now out of jail, working. Jimmy Bissett, who's dead... And, of course, Ballone, the county executive. I'm not saying he was involved, but he certainly knew what was going on, and he did nothing. He didn't say, hey, guys, we got to bring in the FBI. I know, but you got to, in addition to that, there are rank-and-file detectives, rank-and-file officers that have been on this case. You got to hear from them. This might be, you might be just, you might be making a leap well, too far. Well, I mean, Anthony. It, it might have been incompetent leadership, but you still had men and women working this you case. You know me, I do the deep dive. I'm on it already. I'm on it. People say, ah, he's a city kid. He doesn't know anything about Suffolk, Nashville County. Wrong. I've been battling MS-13 out there, Central Islip, Brentwood, Hampton Bays, the Danch, Wine Danch. Uh, I'm coming after them because this is so obvious. They, they want to just slam this case shut. They got the architect, right, Rex, who looks like everybody we ever thought was a serial killer. Guess what? It's just the tip of the iceberg. Well, if they don't, if they don't, I know we got to go to a break, but if they don't hand down some grand jury indictments of him for these other bodies that showed up there, then this is more questions than it answers. Now you're talking about what did this become, the depository that everyone in the neighborhood knows this is where you leave a body. You know me. I leave no stone unturned. I'm on it. I did five hours overnight, and people were calling up with all kinds of information saying, you're the only one questioning it. I was there. This is the person I knew. Did the cops ever talk to you? No. Did the prosecutors ever talk to you? No. And these were lucid people. We're not talking about people half in the bag late at night, you know, imagining things. You know, like uh, me, imagining that he's talking to God. We got to talk to you about that later on. But up next, I said this guy was a screwball and a nut job, and they were drinking the Kennedy Kool-Aid. And it turns out he's exactly what his grandfather, Joe Kennedy, is, a stone-cold anti-Semite, Robert Kennedy Jr., that you all hoping would beat Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, he's a Kennedy. But he's a Kennedy who's a virulent anti-Semite. With Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Lee, your place to be here, WABC. It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it 
a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Anthony Weiner, there was just one moment in the Support to Israel Day parade. I'm standing there. I just talked to Dr. Ruth, one of the Grand Marshals. I think she's 125. <laughs> she asked me how my sex life was. She's still a kid. She lives in Washington Heights. And who comes along with Shmuley Botek, you know, the rabbi, kosher sex, Robert Kennedy Jr. So apparently Shmuley was flacking for him. And he said, hey, you want to take a picture with Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? He said, I'd rather take a picture with Joe Stalin and Adolf Hitler. I said, I don't want to have anything to do with any Kennedys. No Kennedys. This guy's a crackpot in screwball. And Rabbi Shmuley was saying, why, why? I said, if you don't know, you should impale yourself with a menorah. Right there in the middle of the Support the Israel Day parade. And other people were saying, what are you trying to say that he's an anti-Semite? I said, yes. He's hung out with Farrakhan. Yes. In order to hang out with Farrakhan, you gotta be an anti-Semite. Nobody would want to be seen with Farrakhan, right? But nobody wanted to listen. So he's sitting down at a fundraising dinner at the Upper East Side with a lot of Republican supporters, right-wing supporters. And I noticed uh, the reporter who reported on this in the post, a Jew, John Levine. John Levine, yeah. Right. And he, what exactly did he go? I, 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 you know, I hate the guy so much. So I, I know you're more balanced on this. Could you describe his thought process about the virus? So here's, I'll read you a quote from this fundraiser. And like, so RFK Jr. For those of you who are uninitiated, there is no conspiracy theory that he doesn't adopt. And you can do your own research on this. You know, HIV didn't cause AIDS. Um, Every basically, he hasn't said any vaccine that he actually thinks we should have had the way in the every you know every every conspiracy imaginable about the murder of his father, the murder of his uncle, et cetera. So this is not unusual for him to be talking about. By the way, did, did he blame the Jews for the murder of here's his the thing, father here's and the uncle? Thing. I was just saying this that that the only conspiracy <laughs> theory out there that doesn't come back to the Jews. Is no one thinks the Jews did the JFK's assassination. But putting that aside. Wait, what about his daddy? <laughs> could be. Oh, Sirhan, Sirhan, right? We've kind of, Jews have steered clear. If you want to, if you want to, to, to know shorthand whether something is a conspiracy theory or not, watch whether it comes back to the Jews, because that's where most of them do. But anyway, so RFK Jr. is at this fundraiser, and here's what he said. He said, COVID-19, there's an argument that is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races disproportionately. COVID-19 is targeted to attack Caucasians and black people, the people who are most immune, are Ashkenazi Jews and the Chinese. We're getting lumped in with the Chinese. Whoa, whoa, what happened to the Sephardic Jews? <laughs> they got a pass? <laughs> by the, yeah, by the way, I had COVID three times. We, we don't know that it's deliberately targeted or there are papers out there that show the racial, ethnic differential and impact. 
So I guess that in in addition, I mean, we've heard the conversation that is a legitimate one, in my view, where it came from. You know, did it come from a lab? Did it come from a wet market in China? Was it intentionally released? But according to RFK Jr., floating the worst of the conspiracy theories, that this is something that was engineered to. Look at the people that he has surrounded himself with. I said today, the first thing I said, Anthony, look at his campaign manager, Gosenich, boy mayor of Cleveland years ago, went on to be in the House, the best friend of Slobovan Milosevic, the butcher in Belgrade in Serbia, and a guy who has not been friends with the Jewish community. And he counted on as an anti-Israel vote every right. possibility. But even more so, just some of his comments. You could be anti-Israel and not anti-Jew, so I don't want to just go overboard there. But clearly, you know, he's in that wing. So right. he's your campaign manager. Out of all the people that Kennedy could have picked as his campaign manager, he picks Kucinich. And then the pest of all pests, Frank Morano. Uh, oh, I got Robert F. Kennedy on. You got to promote him. One o'clock in the morning. One o'clock. So much so, I said, stop it already. Nobody cares about this guy. He's a crackpot and a screwball. So what happens? He makes these statements, and I texted you, and I said, like grandson, like grandfather, uh, because the patriarch of the family, Joe Kennedy, was our ambassador to the U.K. right before the start of World War II. He was assigned there by FDR. He was working against the interests of the Jews and America by meeting with Nazis, by telling FDR, no, don't support Churchill. He's the ambassador to Great Britain and making openly anti-Semitic remarks. He resigned. He left right before the start of the war. A clear anti-Semite, one of these American firsters, you know, at that time with Father Coughlin Little Flower Church in Michigan was broadcasting anti-Semitism around the country. Uh, the uh, the um, air guy, uh, Lindbergh, uh, although he walked it back. But the, the fact is, Joe Kennedy was a virulent anti-Semite. So it must be in the Kennedy's DNA. Well, it's it, also it really these, these like the other supporters that he has, the Elon Musks of the world, you know, the 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 hard right, the, car, the, the Tucker Carlson's of the world. These are the these are conspiracy theory central is this guy's candidate's candidacy. Um, and listen, I listened to his interview with Frank. Frank did as good a job as you could. The problem is with these guys, like like JFK, RFK Jr., is they throw out so much all at once. It's kind of like interviewing Trump. Throws out so much all at once, you have to figure out where to stop him. He does the same thing. You know, he he, he did, does this this whole thing that, oh, yeah, it's our fault that the that that Putin invaded Ukraine because we stopped the Minsk Accords from going into effect, which is, like, ridiculous. But the whole thing about this is that it comes back. These conspiracy theory guys can't help themselves. They've got to bring it back to the Jews. It's got to be the Jews. It gets back to the oldest canard in the book that the Jews are controlling everything and that they want – they have sinister motives, and this guy is a legitimate candidate for president. And now, quite the- frankly – uh, it's not new to the Kennedy family. I know yeah. everybody grew up in the age of Camelot. I got bamboozled. I believe that propaganda that was coming from our government and their family, and it turned out most of it turned out to be false propaganda. But this anti-Semitism is deep in the Kennedy family. Now, we didn't see it in the brothers. We didn't see it in Bobby Kennedy, his father. We didn't see it in JFK. We didn't see it in Ted Kennedy. But when the patriarch of the family is a raving, lunatic anti-Semite meeting with Nazis right before World War II, like Lindbergh, he met with the Nazis. He came back. He said, oh, 
you know, they got a great Air Force, the Luftwaffe. We really should be working with them and not getting involved also, with Churchill. Also, didn't RFK Jr. get in trouble for equating Fauci with Gables? With, uh, yeah. I mean, he had to walk back something else yeah, in but the past. He met with Farrakhan. What the hell are you doing meeting with Farrakhan? You got to say right then and there, birds yeah. of a feather flock together. You know, Kanye West, guess who's coming to dinner, RFK? In Upper East Side with all these Jews here in New York. He had no problem saying that. Yeah. Now, he's a smart guy. I've met with him before. I've had conversations. I've had disagreements. But he knew he was coming into the heart of per capita, per person, the highest percentage of Jewish population in the nation, New York. He had no problem spewing that anti-Semitism so this at is, dinner. So, and, and when you listen, I've listened to a few of his interviews. He does this thing, well, I don't condemn anyone because I think everyone is flawed. Everyone has imperfections. I want to listen to everyone. I want to be supported by everyone and everything else. And that's a very compelling argument, and it's especially compelling for anti-Semites who want to have a defense for the sure. things that they're doing. Oh, yes, I'm just talking about the facts. I'm not doing – so this is why This is why now in the well, polls uh, – Rather than the softball interviews he gets here at WABC, he's had a few – I would immediately say, Robert, I know you many years, right? There's plenty of things I've agreed with you on, the Hudson River, clean water, clean air. We've met each other over the country. But can you tell me why it is the Sephardic Jews have escaped? <laughs> How is it that they're not part of who you said is part of this cabal, you know, Chinese and Ashkenazi Jews? How come the Sephardic Jews have escaped? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and and what do you say to the Ashkenazi Jews who have gotten so sick over this, you know? Like like my, no. my, my dad who had COVID in his system when no, he passed no, no, away. No. Let's find out, all of his supporters. Are they just going to go? Uh, well, you so, want to know who his supporters are now, Republicans. So people talk, always oh, he's got 20% in the polls. He's a real threat to Joe Biden. But right now he's running about 3 or 4% among Democrats. The growth that he's having in his support is is coming in Republicans, so now it's basically more Republicans are supporting him. Well, they Democrats. want they want him to do well because obviously Biden doesn't want to do debates. Right. He that's doesn't why, want to campaign. That's why Musk and and Tarkos and these other guys, you know, have been so supportive of him. They get well, it. Well, oh, that's right. Tucker Carlson did an interview with Kanye West who was saying anti Semitic things. And they left it on the cutting room floor. How yeah. convenient. <laughs> How convenient. Gee whiz, I thought when you're a journalist or even a commentator, you would at least say, I'm going to give you a chance to amend that, Kanye. <laughs> you really mean that? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think as journalists, we're not journalists, we do opinion stuff here. Oh, I'm not a journalist. Do we, should we encourage people to sit down and interview him? He's been on every podcast on the sun, every radio yeah, show on yeah, the sun. Yeah, but ask him the tough questions. you got to ask him now. now he's, you, just, he's so full of baloney. All right, though. but now you, have, now you have this statement. Before a prominent group of up, Upper East Side, mostly he'll, Republicans. He'll dial this back within 24 well, hours. Well, we know Frank will bow to him, bow to the altar of RFK Jr. Oh, he's great. He's wonderful. You know, he's like Tulsi Gabbard. He's like Kucinich. You know, no, 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 no. Scratch the surface. And what you see is a hardcore anti-Semite just like Joe Kennedy, the patriarch. Imagine, right before World War II, right, We're on the cusp. And FDR says, no, we're supporting Churchill, right? Against the wishes of the American people, who resigned in protest? Joe Kennedy, because he said we should right. be supporting Hitler and the Nazis in Europe. I mean, but it does come down to this question, and, and Frank asked this rhetorical question. I don't understand why anyone would not want to debate or have a conversation with with well, that, that, I agree with that. There well, should be debate. I, 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 listen, I've, I've said that, and I believe it, but that's more as a test for me 
of Joe Biden's ability to deal with the crazy on stage. I think the same of Donald Trump to be able to deal with his opponents. All that being said, the argument, although that Frank asked asked as a as a rhetorical question, is do you elevate someone who is saying stuff that's that's just wrong and disprovably wrong? You know, it's like, do you elevate him by allowing him to go spout this? And then the other thing he's doing is he's dialing back his anti-vax stuff as if we don't know it, if we don't know of he's course, being of anti-vax. Course. But the point is, we're entitled to debates. Neither side, neither of the front runners want to debate. Trump is a coward. He doesn't want to, I'm ahead. Well, you weren't ahead in 2016. You were at 3% in the polls. Jeb Bush was ahead. Ted Cruz was ahead. But also, I'm ahead as a political reason not to do it, not what we as citizens I know, but would think be of it. When Trump first announced, when he came down right, the escalator at Trump Tower, he was at 3%. But they had debates, 17, and he did extraordinarily well. That's how he won the support of the mass majority of the Republican voters and went on to beat Hillary. Can you imagine if Jeb Bush and Ted Cruz had said, nah, he's just a businessman. Look, he's not doing well in the polling. No, we don't want to yeah. be on the same stage I, I with think him. that's – there's no doubt about it that from a political perspective, advisors may say you shouldn't debate because it's not good for you. You should debate because it's what tough presidential well, candidates they want do. coronations. Trump wants a coronation and Biden wants Correct. a coronation. Right. That's why I'm a believer, as most Americans, poll after poll, they're not in favor of either candidate. Right. They want out with the old, in with the new, but the establishment – may well end up giving us Trump-Biden round two with no debates. Unfortunately, even though I talked a little about this this morning when I was filling in for Bo Snerdley, keep an eye out for the Green Party. Keep, keep an eye out for, 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 for uh, 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 um, Cornell West on the Green Party line. A, a Green Party with Jill Stein was enough to, to undermine Democrats in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania in 2016. If they have a good Green Party candidate out there now, at this no-labels thing takes off, Biden should be very careful. We all think it's going to be a head-to-head 52-48 kind of thing. If there's a third party, a pro-type, a, uh, a, a, Ralph, Nader a type. Ralph Nader type in 2000, this thing could get very complicated for oh, Joe Biden. There's no doubt about that at all. And, in fact, you know who might be signing on to supporting Cornel West? She is the darling. She is my president, El Presidente, the nanny. She is our SAG-AFTRA president. If she orders me out, <laughs> was she not magnificent she was great. there? She was great. I, I got to tell you. And by the way, you know, I read some statistics. The average SAG actor makes less than $25,000 a year. But not only that, think about it. You could be replaced. I can be replaced with AI, artificial intelligence. She is right. The nanny is right. By the way, graduate of Hillcrest High School with Ray Romano, yeah. same class. She's one tough gal. So and, I- she, and she was active in a in a charity or an active in something when I was in Congress. I got to meet her. She's very impressive. Well, not only that, she's a supporter now of the Green Party. They wanted her to replace Hillary when Hillary went on to become Secretary of State for President Barack Obama. And then, obviously, Schumer wanted Gillibrand, who suddenly no longer was uh, Annie Oakley. She was melting down her guns. (laughs) And Caroline Kennedy, the other candidate, can't chew gum and think straight, was the candidate of Bloomberg, the billionaire, and Obama and the Kennedys. And Gillibrand went out. Who, Who appointed Gillibrand instead? My husband-in-law, David, David Patterson, Patterson all of a right. sudden, Schumer said, hey, you're going you're gonna to appoint my Ken. But if she wanted, the nanny might have been the U.S. senator. There was strong support for her. You know I'm talking about the nanny, right? Uh, hopefully everybody uh, knows who I'm talking uh, Dressler. Dressler, Fran Dressler, yeah. Was she not magnificent? She, if she, she, if she orders me out, I'm walking. And Frank Morano, the typical scab, right? Typical scab. Oh, we know. I'm but walk. they have enough... Of your voice 
to do an AI thing of That's you very true. easily. They Forever. have enough tapes here. They Forever. have enough tapes. But, hey, whose side are you on? Pete Seeger, right? The American Communist Party member, remember, with the banjo and the Lenin cap, not the John Lenin cap of the Beatles, but the Vladimir Lenin, the song he sang. Whose side are you on, boys? Whose side now, are we're you on? In that, we're, we're a different branch of that same Doesn't union. matter. She calls us out. She's our president. I'm with, I'm with Fran Drescher. I'm with the nanny. I'm with the toughest woman alive. She survived a vicious rape. She survived the fact that her husband came out after all those years and said, Fran, I love you, but I'm gay. And she survived cancer of the uterus. She had a hysterectomy. This is one tough broad. If she audits me out, I'm on the picket line while Frank Morano is stabbing here at WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner. When you were running for office, elected for office, uh, it's always been in New York City. If it bleeds, it leaves. So whether it's the tabloids, the posts, or the news, always competing with one another, go to Channel 5 or Channel 11 or 2 or 4 or 7, it doesn't matter. They almost cover the same stories. You actually, if you had your channel changer, you'd see almost indirect. And, and we get caught up with it here. They're crime leads and naturally the more traumatic the crime now remember you have video always when you don't have video you're disappointed it's like oh my god what happened Uh, cameras weren't working it's like video so naturally if you're a program director of a news station you can't get enough video people are sending you video from the private cameras their cell phones so you got plenty of material and if it bleeds it leads and that's always been the case And Eric Adams knew that. That's what propelled him to victory in the Democratic primary. There's no doubt about that. He was considered the law and order candidate of the uh, uh, Democrats. You had Kathy Garcia, not known for law and order, and definitely Maya Wiley was more of an AOC acolyte. In the general election, they said, Curtis, we like you, but he's the former cop. Uh, Coming off of George Floyd, African-American law and order, you know, okay. And now all of a sudden things haven't turned out like he'd like. And so what do you do? You blame the media. So he's now on a tour. He started with New York One the other day, a sit-down, and I'm sure he's he's trying to nudge uh, Sid now to bring him back on because they've had a falling out. So Sid was talking uh, Friday morning when I appeared, 7.05. Yeah, have a powwow. Yeah, the mayor wants uh, to come on, you know. he wants to, We're going to have a sit-down uh, next week, uh, me and Joe Esposito and Bodito and him. I say, yeah, right. We've been down this road before. But, hey, you're a big boy. It's part of New York City. 
when there's crime out there, when there's video, when there are women very emotionally talking about their children, uh, the, t- the fact that they were attacked, you can't be so defensive. Nobody wants to hear statistics. Nobody wants to. And, in fact, if you notice, the response of the general public now is really adversarial towards them. Like, hey, you know, you, you're walking around, you got your your police escort. This is true of every mayor. You, you, really, you don't have to go through what we go through. Somebody's got to tell him, man. He's got to really tone it yeah, down. Yeah, but he's, got, he's gotten the message. Going out on doing news interviews, sitting down with Sid, he's getting the message. Look, crime is down. That's good news. But it takes there's – a, there's a leading indicators and there are trailing indicators. Crime is a leading indicator. Like it, it's going to take a little while for everyone to say, all right, I feel a lot safer. And if he thinks he's alone – Remember the headline in the New York Post, Dave, do something, when some, when a Utah a tourist got killed on an Upper West Side subway platform? It's like you get blamed. And and just the same, and, and I pointed this out. You know, I was talking to John Katsimatidis yesterday. You look at about the same point on the calendar in Rudy Giuliani's administration. People were not saying you're the great crime fighter two years in. It took a little while for the, for the effect of the Jack Maple era and the Bratton era and Giuliani – for those things to kick in. And the mayor can't complain about that. That's a fact of your job is that you are not going to get credit as soon as as numbers start to turn around. Now, it's perfectly fine to go on TV and say, look at these numbers. They're coming down. I think people are going to start to see it soon, et cetera, et cetera. I want to commend my police department for doing it. But he can't be, take the posture that he has in well, the past. Of like, that's the problem. It's, uh, there's also chaos in the police department. Uh, supposedly, he's going to announce a permanent police commissioner on Monday. Uh, I've already reported that it will probably be Jeffrey Madry. Uh, they're my friend, the guy that I think uh, does uh, can do the best job, Eddie Cabana, would be the first Latino police commissioner. will go back to being first deputy, which was his former position, number two. And Shell will be elevated from chief of is, patrol. Is Madri, to, is Madri Latino? No, Madri is African-American. Madri is the guy who's in all that hot mess. Remember with with oh, uh, yeah. Sewell, yeah. she wanted to dock him ten days. Vacation. I think I think Cabana's going to get it. I, uh, I I hope you're right, but everything tells me that it's Jeffrey Madri who will be announced but on Monday. Then you will have done. Maybe I'm just not seeing this, and maybe my political instincts are not what they used to be. Then you're going to get the worst of both worlds. You're going to be replacing a Latino with an African-American. You will have undone whatever value you might have gotten. Right. But the reality is, just like Sewell basically left because she could not call the shots as police commissioner. She pretty much said that, although she knew that coming in. Some of those other women who had been interviewed, African-Americans, like the former police commissioner in Seattle Best, they asked her, why did you say no? when you were interviewed by the mayor and by uh, Phil Banks, who is the deputy mayor of public safety. She said, because they said everything has to go through Phil Banks. She said, I'm the police commissioner. I... But you're not saying that Caban doesn't want it for that reason, are you? No. No, no. I'm just saying that it's really what Phil Banks wants. No, but I, I get it. But I'm just saying from a political perspective, let's say I'm a, a casual observer of the scene. Yeah, no, he'll take it. Well, okay, and I am Latino, and I am, wow, this is a pretty good thing that the mayor did for our community, first ever and remember, Hispanic American, he, and then a month and a half later, right? he's de- he's demoted and an African American is put in, I, I don't know. It just seems to me like a bad play. I, well, I, it, it's a bad play when Eric Adams and Phil Banks think they can run the police department. They can't. 
You just can't. You have to have no, a police No, I'm, I'm talking about putting aside who's oh, no, I, I, I trust you. If you say that Caban is good, I trust you. But at this point, I'm saying from a purely political perspective, I think if you want to get the COVID, as we say in Yiddish, the, the honor of saying, I, I did something historic for this community. You don't pull it back well, for no reason of his own. Anthony, they're used to getting surish lately. <laughs> a lot of surish. They're not getting uh, much praise. But you're absolutely right, even from a political point of view. You're the mayor who appointed the first Latino, first Hispanic police commissioner. A guy you know. It's not like you just, well. Right, right. You know, I went down to El Paso while I was there. I met this guy. You know, it was police commissioner El Paso. We developed a friendship. Eddie has been loyal to him. I used to talk to Eddie during the campaign. I even said, remember, my thing was, I'm going to appoint the first Hispanic now, is, police Now, is he popular with the troops? Come Absolutely. Uh, this is Very popular. Very, and naturally, the minority majority in the police department now are Hispanics. Right, right. In fact, there are more Dominicans than there are Puerto Ricans. This would be a nice sign. Now, they're battling at City Hall like they're always battling. There are internal wars going on. This is not unique to Eric Adams. It happened in every administration. So as of Friday, the pick was Jeffrey Madry. Now, will that change over the weekend because this is leaked out? We'll see. Because you know how Eric Adams is. He believes in the policy. We used to call it flip-flop. He calls it pivot and shift. Will he actually be convinced you can't put Jeffrey Maggi in there? First of all, he's a hot mess. He's got a lawsuit hanging over his head that could cost the city millions. Uh, he's going before the tribunal, the police tribunal, because he walked into the 73rd precinct and took his friend out of a jail cell. You can't make him the police commissioner. I don't, I, look, I, I look, I don't have any inside knowledge. You're the mole in the police department, not me. It's going to be Caban. The politics are too... Uh, I hope so. I you hope know. you're right, although I did announce that if the choice were made on Friday uh, at the end of uh, the Sid Rosenberg show, it would be Jeffrey Madry, and there was no blowback from others. Who knows? So yeah, let's yeah. hope that within 72 hours, cooler heads have prevailed. The Hispanics have lobbied the mayor, of which he has many supporters, and have said, God, you finally did a good thing here. Uh, you haven't had a good ride lately. Boy, this would propel you well within the Latino electorate. And that community is kind of up for grabs. They're more conservative yep. than a lot of people understand. They're a pretty, and, you know, you would think they would kind of like that. Look, I don't, I don't know. I well, mean, we know that if not for Latinos, American baseball would probably no longer be considered the nation's pastime. It's not. It's smash mouth American football. It's actually fallen to NBA basketball, but it's still hanging on there. And it's having a little bit of a revival. Because of Hispanics. <laughs> the mass majority of the players, like from Venezuela, they're from Cuba, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and they love baseball. But I want your observations on the All-Star game and also, obviously, the revival of the city, your Mets. And my announcement this week, I'm no longer a Yankee fan. I will never again support the Yankees after they put that patch on, that commercial patch on the uniform. You know what's next? Naming rights for Yankee Stadium. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner is going to sell out for naming rights on Yankee Stadium, and I've had it with the Yankees. Beat the Mets. Beat the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. 
Bring the kitties, bring the wife. Now, uh, Anthony Weiner, I'm no longer a Yankee fan. I'm a free agent. Uh, so I'm not going to suddenly... For the silliest reasons in the world. No, not at all. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner, who got rid of Kate Smith, uh, God bless her mother, like a seventh-inning stretch, which was against the wishes of his dead father. Then they built the stadium, new stadium, the House of A-Royd, which is like a mall. And now this, a patch on the uniform for 20 million. Why mil. do you care? This is a tradition. They don't even have their names on the I back of their know. jerseys. Yes, but the money that they're getting from some company... Is money they don't have to charge right, the. So, it, they, they, they'll go into the. They'll go into the how, buying a better team. They'll go into lowering our ticket prices. Although that oh, will never happen. That will never happen. If these guys want to make some money, let them make right. some money. It's it's a business. So and, if they change the name Yankee Stadium and they sell the naming rights, they, they don't have the right to sell it. That's a New York City park. New York, Mets and Yankees play in New York City parks. Anyone has to do that, it would be the city of New York. It would come back to us, but they're not going to do that. Yes, they would. Are you kidding? But anyway, let's talk about the All-Star game, which, uh, to be honest with you, has fallen out of favor with the fans. But it wasn't a bad game. It was a good game. It moved along nice and quickly. I watched a little bit of it. They're all wearing the same funky uniforms. I agree. The idea of an All-Star game is they wear their home uniforms. So if they're a St. Louis Cardinal, you see, wow, it's a St. Louis Cardinal, a New York Yankee, a New York Yankee. Yeah, and unlike other sports where it's important that you be in the same uniform to know who's passing the puck to who, you're right. That, that is not an improvement. And it was all about so that they could sell, you know, Tchotchkes, $300 for the special All-Star yeah. uniform, yeah. $60 for the cap. When I was a kid, you weren't birthed yet. There were two All-Star games. Yeah, you told me this. From 59, 60, 61, 62, they were trying to raise money for the Players' Pension Fund that had nothing back then. And so we looked forward to All-Star games because, remember, there was no interleague play except the Mayor's Trophy game. And they would play these games like they meant it. Boy, oh. they, they were really – they didn't like each other. Willie Mays was, like, phenomenal. 24 All-Star games, and to him, he put on a show. But here it is, second half of the season, already the Mets uh, out of the box. What the hell has happened? Verlander with, I think, six walks yesterday. And the Yankees are in last place in the AL. Yep. I, I, I know you, you don't care for them anymore, but, boy, these are some dark days. Now, think of it. Here's Aaron Judge, right? He's a great ball player. Uh, you ever hear of a toe guard, Aaron Judge? The old ball players, they had shin guards, toe guards. They got injured. They played through it. Now we have all these studs, these thoroughbreds like Stanton and Judge. Put a freaking toe guard in your uh, your cleat. And if you're in L.A., don't put a concrete barrier at the base of your wall where your athletes are. Oh, that's out. okay. Hey, that's part of being a baseball player. But I've had it with the Yankees. You continue with your loyalty for the Mets. By the way, you did a great job substituting for James Golden this morning. Credits to you. Great job. And then tonight... It's going to be all Gilgo Beach serial killer, but no praise for the police or the elected officials from me.